surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I'm your host, Taylor. And today we got some Bachelor fam in the house. We got Dominique here. Hey, Dom. Hey, Taylor. So excited to have you on. You were like OG Batch fam, lady love friend. <laughs> I know, but I'm like low key too. So people don't really, people don't really know that I'm there, but we'll talk about that. Oh no, you're, you're so there. So part of why I want to have you on because, well, A, like we became friends through Bachelor when you were on and you were just like so nice and you were like doing people's makeup and you do like the most amazing, beautiful makeup. So you're rocking that even now. Um, <laughs> we're doing we're doing another FaceTime sesh. My first FaceTime recording was with Vanessa and uh, I had never done that before. Usually it's just either they're in person or it's, you know over the phone. So second FaceTime recording, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, you and I have gone through our own stuff friendship wise, but then we also like individually both throughout the show and post show have like done a lot of personal work and dug into these different parts of our personalities. And I just, I'm so proud of the work that you've been doing. And I feel like You've worked so hard on this stuff and like I feel like it's really important stuff to share. And so I'm really happy that you're open to coming on and sharing this with people, even though I know it's it's uncomfortable. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I am proud of a lot of the personal work that I've done on myself. I think that's something people don't really talk a lot about. I think mm-hmm. people kind of keep those sorts of experiences and stories with like inner close friends and family. That's not something they share on social media or on their blog or on their page. But I think this is a safe space to kind of share. And I feel like it's one thing I've also noticed just about my public profile, so to speak, (laughs) is that, you know, people don't really know me. They don't really know some of the struggles that I face. They don't really know my background. They don't really know more about me. They kind of know, you know, that I do makeup and that, you know, I'm cute and I run around Mm -hmm. LA and I have fun with my friends, but they don't really know, you know, me, they don't really know my experience on the show. Mm -hmm. So are people going to like actually get to know you now? Is that, is that what, is that what we're going to do here? And that sound means, dear God, I hope not. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I know. I think I'm in a space in my life now where I realize that if I'm going to get more out of life, I have to be vulnerable. There really is. I was is- just going to say, <laughs> if there's anyone that like shows a more physical discomfort with being vulnerable, like it's <laughs> you. Like when I think of someone being physically uncomfortable with vulnerability, you manifest that and display that the most of anyone I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I will fidget, I will look away, I will just yeah. try to eject myself from that experience physically as much as possible. Because <laughs> it's just uncomfortable. I just, I also think that has a lot to do with like, how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And just not feeling like I had a safe space to be, to be vulnerable. So yeah. as an adult, kind of learning how mm-hmm. to be, to lean into that or to be comfortable with that is like, yeah. Ugh. yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's maybe start from there. Like how, how were you raised? Like how would you describe your childhood? You know, I would describe my childhood as very interesting. I think my parents did the best that they could. I have to give them mm-hmm. credit, you know, like they were both, Absolutely. you know, full-time working parents. My mom is a registered nurse and my dad at the time was working for Bear Stearns and worked full-time. So mm-hmm. I didn't really see my parents a lot during the day. I spent a lot of my time with my grandparents and my sisters and you know, there was a little bit of a disconnect, but I think my parents did try really hard to be present with us when we when they did come home. Yeah. But I will say a lot of the times when me and my sisters had conflicts because we had conflicts a lot, it was mm-hmm. really kind of like them two against me or mm-hmm. individual conflict between me and my younger sister, Christine, and me and my older sister, Lorraine. Um, and then whenever we'd have those situations, my parents kind of just checked out a little bit they kind of were like can I just so, let you guys yeah, play this like, out sort, yeah <laughs> sort it out amongst yourselves they were more concerned with us being quiet you know they had a really long day they mm-hmm. they didn't want to be bothered they wanted to unwind and the last thing they wanted to do was play mediator for you know yeah. a relatively small conflict that we have you know as kids so mm-hmm. and now your your background you're Haitian correct yeah, so both and my parents are Haitian. Both my grandparents are Haitian. Uh, my parents did your parents both... grow up there? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I don't know specifically where my grandparents were born per se, but I know both my parents were born in Port-au-Prince. And my dad spent most of his upbringing, childhood traveling um, throughout Europe, spent some time in boarding school there. My mom came here when she was 14. So they had very different sort of upbringings. Yeah. Um, and then they met in church and then, you know, had us mm-hmm. four little. Yeah. You four little angels. Four little angels. <laughs> <laughs> Devils, so, it sounds, angels. <laughs> so it sounds like growing up there wasn't necessarily a lot of attention on like nurturing your emotional growth and that it was kind of like you guys were kind of going to take care of each other a bit because parents had to do what they had to do. Yeah, exactly. I think we really leaned on my grandfather a lot for, Mm -hmm. you know, just sorting through our issues, sorting through our emotions, talking about really difficult subjects. He was always really good at like making us journal. That was probably the first experience I had with journaling. Like he would make us write letters to our parents about what was bothering us, whether it was between them and us or between each other. That's and so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was really good at like getting me to write down what I was feeling. 
mm-hmm. then reading that back and, and kind of processing it from a different sort of lens. And I think that was the first, yeah, that was the first experience I had with just getting outside of my head, yeah. putting my thoughts and feelings on paper and then having someone else to sort of bounce ideas off of and mm-hmm. talk to and process. Yeah. Um, and cause for people that don't know you, Dom, uh, you are someone who very much can stay in their head. Yeah, I live in my head. <laughs> I live there. It's nice. It's comfortable. I have a couch. Cooper has his own, you know, yeah. iteration in my mind. Yeah, we might we might hear some barks from Cooper and we might hear some meows from Lily. We'll we'll, we'll see yeah. how how that interactive problem. they want to be in this conversation with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully not as much. Hopefully not as much because Cooper just has no chill, but you know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it sounds like from a young age, you at least had one person in your life that was kind of encouraging you to get out of your head a little bit, to kind of start learning how to express yourself, at least through writing. Um, did like as you were growing up like what how did your family view therapy like did you experience therapy like in high Mm. school or anything like that I know that uh you guys are your family is very involved like in church yeah so So I don't know if that plays a role it it does it does and it doesn't I think yeah I will say I think my mom especially well both my mom and dad but they're very involved in the church. They have a very mm-hmm. strong church family. And I feel like they use that as a form of therapy, which it can be. If you have mm-hmm. a really strong community of people you can talk to, yeah. you might not, a therapist might not be right for you because you have people that provide that kind of support. So I think for my parents, when I brought up, you know, maybe I'd like to see somebody or maybe I'd like to explore So you did bring that. this up at a point. I did, yeah, I didn't bring it up. And this was at what point in your life? Oh, I think I was in high school at the time. Hmm. I can't really remember. I know I know it wasn't after I moved out because I, you know, I went away yeah. from school. So it definitely had to be in high school at some point when I was still living at home. And do you remember why you were bringing this up to them? Like why you felt like you wanted to go? I think at the time I was going through a very interesting relationship. It was like my first it was my first love, first guy I was ever really like into. And I was just having a hard time. Like I was infatuated mm-hmm. with him. My emotions were all over the place. I was constantly fighting with my parents, with my sisters, sneaking out of the house. I was just going Ooh. through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're being a little rebel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't the most pleasant person to be around pleasant adolescent no not at all I was very disrespectful and like just I rebelled Mm -hmm. at every corner that I could find Hmm. and I think I did mention like very casually to my mom that maybe I should talk to somebody or maybe like I'm feeling overwhelmed I need to talk to someone and she kind of like kind of brushed it off in a roundabout way. And I hmm. and I found that to be really interesting. And that's something I find to be interesting even now with my relationship with my mother. Because I have hmm. mentioned as an adult, like, you know, I really think therapy is important. I might want to go down that road. And she has mixed feelings on it. And I think what's frustrating for me is, you know, my mother's a medical health professional. Mm-hmm. So is my sister. And 
you would think that because they are in this field, they -hmm. would recognize how important mental health is. And even more so, you know, we've had struggles with mental health in our family. Like my grandmother's schizophrenic. My brother has ADHD. Hmm. I mean, we've had the gauntlet of, (laughs) you know, battles Mm -hmm. in that sense. So you would think having experienced growing up with my grandmother, having, having that problem, it would be like, yeah, you know what? If you're feeling this way, I think you should explore that because why not? Like, yeah. But I don't know. I think that's something for her to figure out as to why she's resistant to that or what her feelings mm-hmm. are on that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think the general idea that I'm getting at is that I never felt really encouraged to not only express those feelings, but process them in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. So I just expressed them however, the, however they came out. Yeah. I was just kind of like, well, if you don't want to talk to me about it, or if you don't want to help me figure this out, I'm just going to like. It's just going to come out in all kinds of ways. It's going to come out. I'm just going <laughs> to lash out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And let the chips fall where they may mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that went well. Yeah. And by I well, mean, can I mean, you think of like, was there a time or like something that you did at all that where you were like, whoa, yeah, I should really like take a second and try to try to reflect on myself or I should a moment where it's like, yeah, no, maybe I really do need therapy or maybe that's something I really actually want because I just did this or I just reacted like this. Hmm. I can't think of anything specifically that I did, but I do remember several fights with my parents ended up with me like kind of getting kicked out of the house, even if it was Hmm. for like a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And finding myself outside the house by myself, wandering the streets. And I'm like, why am I out here? Why mm-hmm. am I alone? Why, you know what I mean? Like, why do I feel isolated? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the point where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's an issue here. Yeah. Maybe I should talk to somebody or at least try to understand why there's a disconnect between me and my parents or why do I feel like the Mm -hmm. odd man out? Why do I feel like I'm different from my Mm -hmm. sisters or I'm different from my brother? Oh, by the way, I have a brother who I frequently forget that. (laughs) (laughs) I have a brother. You do have a brother. I do have Um, a brother. But this feeling of being isolated, this feeling like you're the odd man out, is this specific to your family life or is that something that's kind of followed you in different areas throughout your life? Um, it's definitely present in every aspect of my life, for sure. I think if I had to pinpoint where it started, definitely in my family life, for yeah. sure. Definitely feeling like my sister's a little bit more similar and I'm not. Hmm. And I also feel like that those differences were reinforced Mm -hmm. In terms of like just going to church and like there's a lot of the a lot of women in my church would make comments like, oh, you know, your sisters are so like pleasant and outgoing and they're so bubbly and you're kind of like standoffish or you're you're kind of the mean sister. Oh, yeah. And I and the mean sister. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And I kind of like 
What's interesting is I, it was an immediate kind of like, ow, that hurts. But I kind of like leaned into that. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, I'm like, yeah, I am the main sister. And you know what? Like, fine. (laughs) If you're going to tell me I got an attitude, I'm going to own it. I'm going to like, if you think this is bad, I can show you worse. And I would just like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I would play into that as opposed to, you know, showing them the opposite of that. And Mm -hmm. Well, I can see where like that. that would at first be like an ouch and then like a need to defend yourself and be like, okay, fine. Then yeah. Then I'll show you like yeah. that. Yeah. It sounds like from a young age that that was kind of instilled in you that like, no, you are different and you are not like what the other sisters are. You are not like even maybe what we would say a, a girl should be. And right. therefore you're, you're a little isolated. You're on the outskirts of things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was frustrating mm-hmm. to have the ne- the negative behaviors that I was exhibiting be constantly called out or constantly yeah. like the topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. It was never like, well, you know, you're good at this or we really love that you do that. It was more like, you know, you really have an attitude and you really like. Mm-hmm. So to me, that 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 was the very beginning of how I shaped my identity. That was the very beginning yeah. of like how I move through different spaces later on in life and now I'm just starting to like unpack that little by little and it's like my god I didn't even realize how far I went back until I started really thinking about it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like overwhelming yeah now do you ever think because and tell me if I'm like if this is a stretch at all um but like when I think about you and your like outer appearance, you very much on the outside do come across as someone that looks, I mean, even if you go look on your Instagram, you know, like you seem like someone who has that personality, who is very bubbly and who is very happy and, you know, maybe more girly or what people would, what those people would have considered your sisters to be. But Mm. then personality wise, you've had the kind of this like sharper attitude, whatever, being the mean girl, mean sister. Um, Do you feel like maybe the, and I, I didn't know you back then, but was the outer appearance kind of the same or was like the outer appearance style almost like an expression to try to overcompensate that personality difference? Definitely the latter. I feel like... Okay. Yeah. And even more so now, I feel like... Yeah. I That's when I started getting into makeup and I started doing all these other things to kind of like, I guess, overcompensate or just, you know, I may not feel... Try to balance it out, maybe. Balance it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, de- I definitely never liked looking the way that I felt. So I definitely put more effort mm. into my appearance or the way that I dressed or you didn't want to look looking the way you happy. felt. Yeah. That that's deep. You didn't want to look the way you felt. If you had looked the way that you felt, how would you have looked? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I wish you guys could see her, the faces that she's making, because again, just the most display of physical discomfort with vulnerability is so present. It's hard, okay? It is hard. It's it's, it's hard. totally hard, and I get it. I mean, I think for me, what's really hard about it the most is like, I feel like I spend so much time, I feel like a pot of boiling water. Hmm. Does that make sense? 
And I feel like I spent a lot of time keeping the lid mm-hmm. on the pot because I feel like if I let the lid off, everybody's going to get burnt. What are they going to get burnt by? Just my true feelings or what I think or even if they don't get burned specifically by what I think or what I feel about them, but something hot is going to come out. Whether is, is the lid, who was the lid trying to protect? I feel like I'm both like, I'm trying to protect myself. I'm trying to protect yeah. other people, but there's still a separation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even with a pot of boiling water, when you, when you let go of the lid, the bubbles do the steam and the bubbles release and then eventually it dies down. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just afraid of that initial kind of like yeah. steam and bubbles and fireworks. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to watch that pot of boiling water real closely. And the more that we're talking about this pot of boiling water, it's making me really hungry. And actually last night, Kit was over with a girlfriend, Morgan, and um, we had a delicious meal from Green Chef. Uh, It's a USDA organic certified company. The meals include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. There's really something for everyone. And we had this delicious like veggie lentil bowl. And then we were almost done eating it. And we were like, oh, wait a second. This is vegan, isn't it? We were like, wait, is it vegetarian or is it vegan? We were like, whoa, yeah, this is vegan. Like, and we didn't even realize it. It was so freaking good. And it was so quick and easy to make. And all the ingredients felt super fresh. The radishes even still had a little bit of dirt on them. And I was like, yay, look at the dirt. It's so organic. <laughs> and we just really loved like the whole experience. Like we all cooked together and it was just a beautiful, beautiful night. And you guys can actually get $50 off your first box of Green Chef. Just go to greenchef.com. Dot us that's dot us slash taylor for fifty dollars off your first box of green chef go to greenchef.us slash taylor but sorry dom it was actually that's like beautiful well, imagery though yeah i learned that in acting class <laughs> yeah. Ironic, ironically they like they <laughs> use that analogy to like to help you as an actor figure out what kind of emotion is necessary mm-hmm. for whatever we're working on. So, But so to know and to, to understand that the way you feel about your personality, the way you feel about who you are and how you would be expressing yourself to people is that you are a boiling pot of water and that you're either going to scar someone else or you're going to expose yourself. Basically. Yeah. So how and I think you... I think it's more scary to expose myself than it is to mm-hmm. hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's way scarier because if I hurt somebody else, I can say sorry. I can you know mm-hmm. I can express that my intentions were good, mm-hmm. and I can smooth it over. But to express, I... yeah. Because I know even in our friendship, when we've had conflict between us, we talk through it pretty well, I think. And you, you definitely express things, even if it's going to hurt my feelings. And I express things, even if it's going to hurt your fe- your feelings. But then when it's like you 
dealing with something that's within you, I definitely have to kind of push you a little bit to open up. And even then I'm like, a little? Okay, let me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how far I push because I don't really want to push you. So I'm going to kind of like step back and give you a little bit of space, but I'm also going to be like, no, Dom, I'm, I'm pushing you right now. Like take the lid off. Yeah. I know. And you then try. I feel like you almost, I definitely see where you, you totally do. That's more of a struggle of like yeah. showing your vulnerabilities and, and showing that side of you yeah. as opposed to like a conflict with someone else. Um, but so, I mean, how, how then do you kind of start to take that lid off? I mean, I would imagine that part of going on the show, you know, would have <laughs> been a little bit of crack in the lid. <laughs> Oh, no, it was. It was, definitely. Yeah. I think going on the show was probably the the biggest step that I wanted to take in taking off that lid. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most extreme step, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a step nonetheless. We got to start somewhere. Yes. We yes. got to start somewhere. You just somewhere. started with a giant leap, not even I a took, step. I took, yeah, I didn't even... I like threw myself off a cliff and was like, I hope that I, you know land somewhere safe in the water (laughs) yeah so how did you find that experience in terms of opening yourself up in terms of letting yourself be seen in terms of you know uh reflecting on on that personality difference with the external and internal expressions i think what's interesting is i knew that i had an issue with with opening up, but I didn't realize until I went on the show how bad it was. Mm-hmm. I think going on the show, like, yeah, like I said to you before, like exacerbated a lot of issues that I were underlining and going like on, what? like depression, anxiety, like, you know, fear of vulnerability, all those things that I always knew were there, mm-hmm. but it might have never been I, that present. They've been present, but like I, I'm really good at downplaying things. I'm really well. Some people would disagree because my body language always betrays my mm-hmm. words. So but some things maybe, you yeah. can very much like but downplay, and then other things are really out there. Are really hard. Yeah, yeah. Some things are like, why am I even bothering trying to hide that I'm mm-hmm. infuriated? But yeah, other things, if I think about them long enough before they're present to anybody else, I can downplay them really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think struggling with depression, anxiety, I've been able to downplay really, really well because it's it's a personal struggle. It's not something that other people can see. Mm-hmm. And you then can, you can have the pretty makeup, the cute outfit, exactly. post the pretty no, picture. No exactly. one's gonna think. No one can. No one. No one sees the anxiety of you know trying to take a picture on self timer <laughs> when it's perched on thirty different things. And you trying to post before five o'clock in the afternoon because that's when engagement's high. Okay. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> you know. I know, girl. I know. But you don't, and I know it sounds like so trivial in the grand scheme of things of what you could be anxious about, but like. But I think that, I think that that part of social media is so like, you know, prevalent across, you know, influencers and across like just regular social media accounts with a hundred followers that that's still things that like everyday people everyone can struggle with yep there's that weird pressure the highlight reel of instagram you know exactly exactly but a lot of that 
nobody gets to see. That's all mm-hmm. me dealing with in my in my private time. It's not mm-hmm. it's not on display, but going on the show is different because everything's on display. <laughs> <laughs> everything's on display, you yeah. know? And what did you feel was most displayed of you? Both on Bachelor and then Paradise. Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> we were talking about this earlier before recording that Dom was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've done other podcasts, but I've never like done one that is this personal. Usually it's just all about the show and, you know, that's a little less personal. And I doubt that even when you did questions on the show, they asked a question like that. No, they just want to, they, <laughs> no, it's not, it's never this, it's never this personal. It's always just like, you know, how did you get ready? Where did you buy your clothes? Yeah. You know, just a lot of like fluff. So of course it's easy no to fluff. talk yeah, this is no fluff. This is like sharp edges and deep black holes of emotion. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. We'll get there. It's a step. It's a step. It's a step. I, I'm definitely way more open to it now, for sure. Had you yeah. tried to have this conversation with me a year ago, it would have like not mm-hmm. happened. I would have yeah. been like, it's a hard pass. No. Well, and so part of, I mean, I think part of watching the show, you were able to reflect on some things. uh, And I definitely want you to share a little bit about what those things are, because then they kind of led you down, I think, this this path that that you're kind of on now, this real focus on your personal development. Right. So I think, again, for me, it was, it was, it all, it always boils down to vulnerability. Always. Always. Always, as much as I try to get away from it, like everything boils down to that. And I think on our season, absolutely, you know, people didn't really get to know me that well. Nick didn't really get to know me that well. Some of the other girls didn't get to know me that well. And, and, you know, it's a shame in hindsight because I think there's so many great things to get to know about me, but things play out. I'm glad you think that. I do. I'm like, yo, Nick did not even know that I was popping, but it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. I know you popping. I know you're popping. And and the people who need to know know. But mm-hmm. I think in that scenario, it would have it would have been it would have been nice for that for other people to know, for everybody to know, and mm-hmm. to get an alternate sort of feedback about who I am as a person, as opposed to you know you have an attitude, you're miserable. It would be nice to be like. You know, you're a really positive person, or you're really funny, or you're really sassy, or you're mm-hmm. talented, or whatever it is. So I think that would have been a great opportunity for that. And I'm lucky that I still, I still got that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even, even with the small amount of airtime that I did get, I still got a lot of positive feedback from people. So Good. I don't regret that at all. But I do think because I was scared to open up, mm-hmm. my conversations with Nick were very surface level and very kind of like, there were a lot, a lot of it was, I didn't, half the time I didn't even know what to ask him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like when I did want to go pull him aside, I was like, I don't even know what to talk to him about. I don't even know what to ask him. I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I would want to share about myself. I thought. Do you feel like that's normal and you're like before the show dating? That was oh my way? God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, not so much. I think well, I've got so say paradise when you went yeah. on your date with Diggy. Mm. <laughs> you know 
Paradise was okay. Paradise was hard too, but Paradise was a little bit better because I felt more comfortable having had friends mm-hmm. in that environment. So I was yeah. much more comfortable. But even even in Paradise, you know, which wasn't shown, but yeah. there was definitely a night where I was just not okay. I was frustrated because I felt like, you know, I should have opened up a lot more. I should have been a little bit more, you know, candid about my life and who I am and my, especially my feelings, how I feel, how I felt about certain things, even if it was less about me and my life, but just being more Mm -hmm. candid about how I feel about something, acknowledging my thoughts and and opinions on certain things. Yeah. And I think in even getting out of your head, and being present because, I mean, I, I remember that night and I think I did a little bit of like explaining to some other people like for you just to kind of like let people understand more of like why you were acting the way that you were. And I think that one of the things that I saw was, you know, not only just the getting in your in your head, but then that kind of perpetuates this cycle of, of being isolated um, because then you're not actually being able to be present in the moment, which isn't allowing you to be vulnerable and actually share what you are thinking and feeling because you're so stuck in your head and then you're isolating yourself because you can't get out of your head. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle, mm-hmm. obviously. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I have some other opinions on that too, but... <laughs> there's a lot of other factors. Oh, there's a lot of other factors as well. You <laughs> we know, don't have to get into all the details but, of the show. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but. I, but see, that's another thing I do want to touch on. I feel like I've also placed external blame on other people or mm-hmm. my environment. I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable here because of X, Y, and Z. Or I don't feel like this person is welcoming to me. So this is why I'm not going to do this. Would I feel you like call I've, those excuses? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I could make an excuse for any and everything if you give me a chance. <laughs> Like, any excuse to avoid some vulnerability. <laughs> I can give an excuse for to do anything I don't want to do. I think anybody can relate yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But especially, especially being vulnerable, please. You're going to really see the gauntlet of excuses come out. I'm going to get real creative. Yeah. About- and so, then, so how then do you feel you've progressed in terms of like opening up and leaning into vulnerability post everything with the show? I mean, it's been almost, it's been a, almost, it's been over a year since Paradise was filmed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crazy to year. think about. Jeez. <laughs> like another life. We've lived like five different lives between oh last yeah. summer and now. I feel like alone. I'm already in my forties. I'm not quite there, but <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I've transformed into 30 mm-hmm. different versions, you know, different versions of myself in the course of summer. But going back to like how I progressed, first thing for me was just watching it back. Just that initial, like being being there and feeling like I was stuck in my mind, feeling mm-hmm. like the the best version of me was fighting to get out, but the worst version of me was trying to keep that under wraps. Yeah. I, I felt that sort of like imprisonment while I was there. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times where, like, I was by myself doing my makeup, and I was like in my mind, like, "Girl, you better talk today." 
If somebody asks you your opinion on something and you don't have an opinion, you better make up a goddamn opinion. <laughs> say something, okay? You better go up to somebody and you better ask them how their morning is. You better talk. For the love of God, talk. Say something. Like, I was screaming at myself in my mind every day. Yeah. Every day. Even when we're, like, doing group chats, I'm like, mm-hmm. Dominic, like, you better speak up. You better ask a question. Do something anything why are you here if you're not participating this doesn't make any sense you're wasting your time you're wasting everybody else's time and it's a disservice to everybody else who does want to get to know you mm-hmm. when you're just Good for you i'm glad you were yelling at yourself yeah it was kind of aggressive I mean, <laughs> yeah maybe not <laughs> I mean, maybe I in like to, a kinder way kind. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe i just tried like... to be kind i mm-hmm. definitely i definitely didn't don't get me wrong i didn't frame it like you know don't I try to be positive about it like speak up share share something positive like let people like you know have like, positive things to share yeah, like, let people share know them. that you're funny let people know that you're witty let people know that mm-hmm. you know you're goofy or you're silly a lot of people don't really know that about me at yeah. all so and I that's was like the first like, thing I think of when I think of you I know and some but you'd be surprised how many people like <laughs> don't think that they're like no I know I know like, people don't get to see that of you yeah which sucks because I think they'd enjoy a lot of my antics. I yeah. quite enjoy them, but whatever. <laughs> you guys are missing the hair flip that she's currently doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel yes. like the I feel like the whatever kind of like conveyed the the hair flip. The hair flip, like yeah. Um, so since so since yeah. all of that, and you've been reflecting on this and perhaps practicing some kind self inner voice talk. What, I mean, has, has therapy been a part of your, you know, personal development journey post show? Um, seeking therapy. Yes. But being in therapy, no, that's still something that Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to consistently do for so many other reasons, but Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was like, I don't like the way that I'm feeling. I don't like feeling like when I'm in a social setting, I feel isolated, even though I'm invited into that space and mm-hmm. I'm socializing with people on a, on a basic level. I still felt like I wasn't there. I still felt like I wasn't a part of the group. I didn't feel yeah. like I belonged there. And mm-hmm. I just got to a point where I was just so tired of feeling that. I felt like I'm, I'm never going to have the relationships that I really want in life, whether they're platonic, romantic, or even just better relationships with my sisters or my mother. Mm-hmm. If I don't A, speak up or B, just let people see me. Mm-hmm. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But like being okay with that. Are you getting emotional? <laughs> It's just really sweet. I'm glad. I'm, it just makes my heart very happy to hear you say these things. Don't get me emotional, okay? I don't got time for this. <laughs> speaking, of being a, speaking of being vulnerable, and I'm like, I don't got time for this. You see? Do you see excuses? That, I see. I see. That's a classic, classic yes. excuse. I don't got time for this. Mm-hmm. But I need to make time because life is too short to not. But you have been making the time. Yeah. Like I've definitely seen that change in you. I mean, I haven't seen you in person in a while, but like throughout our conversations and throughout our, you know, catch ups and everything, like I've been able to see that change in you. And I love that you are 
prioritizing that. And I love how like I ask that has therapy been a part of your journey? I know it hasn't, but I ask it like for viewers to, for listeners to know. Um, and I think so many people can't access therapy, whether it's time, whether it's cost, whether it's insurance, whether it's finding the right person. But I love that you have still made it a priority to try to get in touch with that vulnerability, to try to deepen your connections with the people in your life through, you know, I mean, I want to let you share how you've been doing it, you know, but you've been using all these other resources and these skills and tools to be able to do that. And I think that, I mean, first that like takes so much like self-discipline and strength and like, I just, I'm so proud of you. Honestly, I'm very, very proud of you. Thanks. It's nice. It's nice that other people acknowledge that as well. Mm-hmm. And you're not the only person who has done that either. Like one of my one of my best friends from college came to visit me. When did she come? A couple months ago, maybe like a month or two ago. Oh no, I remember. It was my younger sister's birthday, so it was Memorial Day weekend. She came to visit me, and she stayed with me, and we were, you know, just getting ready for the day or something like that. And I was kind of just like laying on the couch, talking to her. And she was like, she stopped mid sentence. She was like, you know, your vibe is like completely different. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? She's like, it's just so different. Like, you're just so like, you're much more chill. You're much more Zen. You're not as like, you're definitely more free flowing with the way that you, with your, your thoughts, your feelings. It's not, I I don't feel this kind of like, you know, you're on eggshells. Mm Mm-hmm. The, t- the tenseness. The tense, yeah. She's like, I don't it feel, I don't, released. yeah. She was like, I don't feel that tenseness with you at all. Like you just seem to just be like comfortable in your own skin. And I was like, so it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Other people can see. Yeah. What? So what has you been working? Like what so have you been yeah. putting into practice? Let's, let's share some of your, let's, my tips and tricks. Tips. How to have therapy without actually going to therapy (laughs) or therapy for poor people. Uh (laughs) Or also like tools in addition to therapy. Yes. Yeah. I think there are a lot of like supplemental ways Mm -hmm. to, you know, to have a therapeutic experience without being in a, you know, in a, in a formal setting with a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, I discovered podcasts, ironically, it's mm-hmm. on a podcast. Yep. Um, I think that's probably the number one way that I've been able to not only get out of my head, but to listen to other people who've had similar experiences to me mm-hmm. and they, and like you're kind of doing that now for some people with this. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I swear. I'm like, you're like, I'm just FaceTiming with Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I'm just having a conversation. Like, you know, I, I forget that like, I thought maybe somebody else has this, yeah. you know, can't afford therapy because let me tell you, it's, it's expensive. Um, but I definitely think podcasts definitely for me, um, I told you the school of greatness mm-hmm. by Lewis Howes has probably been like the most life-changing podcast for me just because of the nature of it. He brings on a lot of different inspirational, influential people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially people like Brene Brown and Esther my Perel, girl. who I love. I lo- oh, my God. My girls, them. both of them. I love them. They're just, uh, they're geniuses. Amazing. They're 
they're invaluable in ways that don't, don't even make sense. Yeah. But have you um, read Brene's books? So yeah, I read Braving the Wilderness. Okay, which was phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I specifically wanted to start there because like that's that is the epitome of my struggle in life mm-hmm. being being brave being vulnerable so you should totally daring greatly is like the first or second one that i read of hers that and then rising strong mm-hmm. both amazing daring greatly we did an episode on um a few episodes back because the whole focus of it is vulnerability yeah and rising strong is kind of like once you've been vulnerable and maybe had a so well <laughs> yeah oh i'm gonna that's gonna be that's next on my list that's yeah. Because that's the other side of it. Like it's mm-hmm. working up the courage to be vulnerable, then being vulnerable, and then afterwards. And so mm-hmm. there's like a beginning, a middle, and end to any yep. process. So I'm definitely in the middle part of just being vulnerable yeah. and let the chips fall where they may. And then I mm-hmm. will address, you know, how how to move forward from there and how to react when people react to me and mm-hmm. It's a learning process. Every time I think I'm like, okay, I've mastered this part. Yeah. I'm good. Negative. Nah, it's always Negative. a process. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 a process. But it's always um, a process. Yeah. So podcasts, we got podcasts. Podcasts. Um, re- reading that, reading Bravery of the Wilderness definitely helped for me. Um, or reading any sort of any book about self discovery knowing your self-worth, mm-hmm. discovering that, trying to figure that out. Anything that's uplifting, but also re- like realistic. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been important for me because it's hard for me to get caught up in like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Life's going to work <laughs> out for you. It's going to be so great. You know, if you just believe like I'm such a realist, I'm like, nah, I got to put in the work. Yeah. I gotta put in. I could. I could believe till I'm blue in the face. But like, I need. I. I'm like action oriented. Mm-hmm. I need. I need practical steps. I need tools, tangible things that I can do. I need to feel like I'm actually doing yeah. something. Because if Has I has there if been I, like any one specific thing that you've done where you felt like, whoa, I really just put that into practice and that that worked out for me. Yeah. So I think top three things that have like that are tangible things that I've done Mm -hmm. is number one journaling Mm -hmm. so I bought a journal at the very beginning of the year and I was like I'm gonna journal this entire year I don't care if I do it I and I didn't like impose a specific structure of I have to journal daily I have to journal weekly Mm -hmm. whatever I was like I'm gonna journal whenever I feel like it I'm gonna journal especially when I have a very overwhelming day. I need to get that on paper. I'm going to journal, mm-hmm. especially when I'm excited and happy because I want to, I want those moments to be captured too. So that mm-hmm. when I read this at the end of the year, I can see the highs and the lows mm-hmm. and I can see like, it's not all bad. There's some, there are some good moments too. So I want, yeah, I want all of that to be there. So journaling has definitely helped me a mm-hmm. lot, especially when I like in June, I read. I went back and read from uh, January to June, just like the first half of the year. And okay. but my mind was just blown at like <laughs> the roller coaster that was just six months. Yeah. But I also noticed that the way that I ended every journal entry was kind of on a, a positive, moving forward kind of note. 
that's how I do mine. I yeah. do like one page unless I haven't journaled for like two weeks or something, then I'll do two pages. But at the, as I get to the end, it's always some kind of a positive, some kind of uplifting yeah. as to how I want to move forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize I was doing it until I, until I re- went back and reread it. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's so great that my mind was doing that. I wasn't even conscious of it. Like I always mm-hmm. ended it like, you know what? Going forward, I'm going to do this differently. Or I'm really glad that I did that. Or so on. And so every single one is yeah. ended that way. And I was like, whoa. Mind blown. Mind mm-hmm. blown. Um, so what's the, you got two other things. Two other things. So yeah. obviously we mentioned that I get physically <laughs> <laughs> like in knots when I'm uncomfortable. And yeah. that for me, you know, I would, I would like to be more centered just as a person. I feel like I've accepted that about myself for a while. I'm just been like, well, that's just who I am. I get uncomfortable with stuff like that. I'm, other people get, unco- other people express discomfort in different ways. Mm-hmm. For me, it's physically fidgeting or diverting my attention elsewhere or whatever, or releasing the, that's for me, just releasing the attention everywhere other than my mind. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, being vulnerable is about stillness too. Mm-hmm. So every time I feel like I'm, you know, running a jungle gym with my body, I just like <laughs> take a deep breath. Yeah, challenge and yourself just, to sit with the stillness. Yeah, and I, but I'll say it in my I'll say it in my mind too. I'll, I'll say be be still, just mm-hmm. be still. Like I'm always gonna talk with my hands. I'm always gonna be yeah expressive. That's just my personality. But anything extraneous that's like unnecessary, I'm like, just be still. Hmm. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Set, like refocus on whatever the center of your attention is and just mm-hmm. be there. I like that's that. That's helped a lot, even in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like it. I like it. I'm like, just come back. Just take a deep breath. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's, it's all right. It's all right. I'll survive. Um, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what the third thing was that's been really helpful. Oh yeah. Oh, this is probably the hardest part Okay, is addressing what's bothering me Mm. when it happens right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That some in the moment processing. Yes. In the moment processing, like I have a tendency to like, I'm going to think about it for a week. And then I'm, when I've got all my thoughts gathered, then I'm going to bring up a PowerPoint of what's bothering me if I even get to that point. That literally has been a topic of conversation in our friendship. Yeah. Where something's bothered you, but then it doesn't come up until like a week or two later. And then I'm like, well, what, if you had just said something in the first place. But in my mind, I could have said something. In my mind, I was like, it's not the right time. It's not going to come out the way that I want. Because like I said, yeah. my... My physical experience of discomfort is mm-hmm. so overwhelming that yeah. I can't even put it into words. I can't even say what mm-hmm. I want to say because I physically feel like I'm choking. Yeah. That's what it feels like when I'm uncomfortable. Like, I feel like... It's very intense. It's so intense. It's like, I felt that way earlier today. Today was like, not a great day for me by any means. Mm. But We'll catch up post-pod. We'll catch up post-pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... But today was a good example of that because I felt my throat like closing. (laughs) 
And then I just like stopped. I stopped and I was like, I went to go get some water. I stopped and I was like, relax. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. You're good. So you did the be still part, but not the addressing I, part. I addressed it right after that. Okay. So I did. I did. Look the at second, you. Yeah, I did both because I, I think what was making me anxious was the fact that I had to address something right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew it was both. It was, okay. it was the impending doom of that conversation that mm-hmm. was making me like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I had to just take a deep breath, drink some water. And then I, it was a conversation I had to have with my boss. So that's exactly what I did. I like, yeah, went in there. I was calm. I had a conversation and it went really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I, the only reason I think it went well was because I took a step back and I kind of diffused a lot of the physical tension I was feeling. Because I knew yeah. that if I brought that into the conversation, it was going to, you know, it was going to affect him. Hmm. And I probably wasn't going to get what I wanted from that conversation if I was making him uncomfortable, you know, it's distracting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes, the third thing is addressing things when they happen. Try to yes. be as direct as possible and not be passive aggressive, which is one of my pastimes. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite hobby. We didn't hobbies. get into the passive aggressiveness. Ah, that yeah, that's that's, that's a big one. Um, I know, but no, because- I, I like all three of those tools, and I think that they all lend to each other in in the practice of embracing vulnerability and in allowing yourself to actually show yourself and open yourself yeah, up to other to people. to be present because mm-hmm. all of that is just like writing it down is getting it out of my head. Breathing mm-hmm. is getting out of my head. Addressing it, getting out of my head. Yeah. They, all, they all help me to get out of my head in one way, shape or form, whether it's creative, physical, verbal, whatever. So mm-hmm. those, those for me are just my outlets for yeah. some people, it may be something else, but I'm a creative person. So writing for me was not only therapeutic, but fun. Yeah. And, you know, physical and verbal. I just need to, you know, fine tune. Yeah. It's important. It's like <laughs> fine, I think it's important for everybody, but. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure that those three tools will definitely help someone else listening. And I know that they definitely help me in terms of reflecting on my own stuff. Um, but. Anything else like before we kind of wrap up that like you feel is really important that you want people to know, whether it's about you or just about like this whole kind of little journey you've embarked on of personal development? (laughs) Hmm. I will say that it's worth like temporary discomfort for like long lasting happiness. Yes. Just the same thing with success. You, you, failure is not the opposite of success. It's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Sh- yeah. Once, once you accept that, then it makes it a little bit easier mm-hmm. to lead into that because you know, like, okay, if I, like, like they say, if you're going through hard times, keep going. Yeah. Don't stop. So knowing that, I'm like, okay, if I feel uncomfortable right now, I know that once I just lean into it, mm-hmm. address it move forward on the other end is peace tranquility and confidence and every time I challenge myself to do that Mm -hmm. it also indirectly builds your self-confidence too I think absolutely every time I say I every time I do something that I say I'm gonna do or every time I challenge myself in a way that 
I never thought I previously could do and then I accomplish it, mm-hmm. I become way more confident in myself. And other things that seem overwhelming or scary are not as scary because I'm like, you know what? I've been through hell and back and I challenged myself and I went through it and I made it out and I'm good. You're going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Somebody's, someone's going to challenge me tomorrow. Somebody challenged me today. It's never, it's never over, yeah. but I, ha- I have way more confidence about mm-hmm. facing those moments because I, now I have tools I have, and mm-hmm. I have previous experience to rely on. I can always remember like, okay, mm-hmm. Remember that time you thought you would never get over homeboy or you never thought you would do this or you never thought you could go on TV. You never thought Mm -hmm. you could, you know, be in this space, but you took a step and you got through it and you made it and positive things happened as a result. So -hmm. that, that kind of like reinforces, okay, I can do this thing and that thing and that thing and so on and so forth. You totally can. I love that this is uh, almost like how we end our journals. It is (laughs) moving forward. Yes. (laughs) Um, So if people want to like message you or find you, where should they find you at? Well, I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. So that's probably the best place to find me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say my Instagram handle. Yeah. Go ahead and tell us what your Instagram handle is. And then you guys can also find it um, in the episode notes under resources and Avi on my Instagram page as well when I post us. Yeah. There's so many pics to post too. (laughs) I know. We got some banger pics too. We're going to have to pull back some of those throwbacks. Some throwbacks (laughs) when I have my my twists, but yes, yes. You can find me on Instagram at Dominique C. Alexis. Yeah. And I like to tweet sometimes too. And it's at Dominique A1029. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Like I have so much love for you and our friendship. And like maybe one day we do an episode on like how we've communicated through our friendship. Cause we like are That's a whole other episode very by different. itself. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> very proud of us for how we've navigated the difficulties in our friendships because in our friendship, because we're very different and we handle things in a very different way. And we've definitely have like bumped heads and had a decent, a lot of conflict in our friendship, especially early on, but how we've been able to like communicate through it, I think has been really important. And like, I'm so thankful to still have you as a friend in my life and to know that like, you know, we may definitely have conflict, but like, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be friends anymore, you know? And that yeah. just means a lot to me. And like, just knowing that, that you do this kind of work and knowing that like, all of the things about you, you know, like you're sassy, you're fun, you're super smart, like you're talented, like you are very kind and you care about people. Like all these different qualities that I've been able to see in you are like freaking wonderful. And I want other people to see those in you too. And it's like, it it feels very much like a privilege, especially knowing how, how few people see those sides of you that that I get to know that. So (laughs) now you want to put me on blast of the world. God damn you. It's fine. <laughs> it's all love. It's all because I love it's you so much. It's all good. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Of course. I'm glad. I'm glad to open up. Yeah. And yeah, I hope some, I'm sure there's somebody out there just like me, you know, yeah. who's struggled with just accepting who they are, being vulnerable. I think Definitely. everybody, I think everybody does. So a hundred percent. We all do. We're all human. It's, it's a struggle we all face. Um, 
And yeah, we'll definitely, you guys will definitely see Dom on the pod again at some point. Um, But thank you, Dom, for being on. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, Please head over to iTunes and you can leave a review and like let me know what you're taking away from the pod. And you can also email questions or topics that you want to see us discuss on here at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at letstalkaboutit underscore podcast. So thank you so much. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk with you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.